with an emphasis on estate planning, estate administration, elder law, and real property matters. RourkeLaw.com Welcome to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for tonight, Patricia Rabio. We're continuing with our election coverage here on the local edition. The election season is here, and here on Radio Catskill and the local edition, we'll keep you connected with the issues and the candidates before you head to the polls in November. All month long, we'll be conducting interviews with the candidates. Tonight, we'll be talking to the New York State Senator for the 5th First District candidate, Eric Ball. Also talking to the New York Assembly 101 candidate, Matthew Mackey. Eric Ball, a Democrat from Walden, New York, is running for the newly drawn 51st State Senate seat, which now includes Sullivan County. And he's on the phone with us now. Eric, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Eric, this past summer, we had two major wildfires happen within miles of each other uh, that caused hundreds of acres of damage. And we also have seen this summer extreme drought uh, that has sort of a domino effect here locally, uh, you know, dictating how we use uh, the water in some places and uh, water usage for fire emergencies. Climate change is a global issue that is affecting us here locally. If elected, what would you help uh, work on to help protect our natural resources and combat climate change locally? Sure. Well, that's an excellent question. And uh, yeah, I I saw it in shock, just like many others, uh, at the wildfires that happened down in Ulster County. Um, And first shout out to all the first responders that uh, went to the scene to, to get that under control. Uh, there's no doubt climate change is a threat to the local economies you, you, and our communities. You know, you, you mentioned there's a global threat, but we see that threat here locally. I've seen that threat in my hometown of Walton, New York, um, with the increased frequency of multi-generational flood events uh, that devastated our communities with Hurricane Irene and, and uh, Greater Catskills. So it, it's a big part of my platform that we need to address here locally and things that we can do to help uh, mitigate disasters, um, but but also to, you know, we need to work with our, our local agencies and the state needs to play a role to direct funding to support our efforts uh, to protect our communities. So some of the things that I've done or been a part of in my village, because I serve on village government, We've been doing flood mitigation projects, which have uh, this past Christmas Eve prevented flooding uh, of the, del- the main street down there. Uh, so it's projects like that that need more funding to to make sure that we can mitigate these things. And, and also in, in instances of flooding, these mitigation projects have proven to take properties that would otherwise be flooded or threatened by by a disaster event, but now they, they have been removed, for example, in my community um, from a 100-year floodplain level. So mitigation works, disaster mitigation works. That's what I support, um, and we need to take this seriously in the state, and um, I'm 100% committed to fighting for policies that 
that help protect our communities from the threat of climate change here at home. Let's move on to healthcare. You are pro-choice. Can you tell us how your role in the state senate can help secure reproductive rights here at home? Absolutely. Well, you have to recognize that the Roe being overturned is absolutely devastating. And millions of people, millions of women lost their rights by that decision. And basically, we're essentially told they don't have the right to make their own health care decisions. It's not a guaranteed right. Uh, it's unacceptable. Uh, the Supreme Court obfuscated its responsibility to protect civil rights in this case. Um, what I will do and what I will support is protecting the 2019 Reproductive Health Act. And in addition to that, I'm committed to supporting the enshrinement of the Equality Amendment into the New York State Constitution. Um, what this does to help protect women's rights is that it stipulates that discrimination against pregnancy outcomes is sex discrimination. And New York needs to be a beacon to protect reproductive rights and that we have safe access to abortion care. We fund our Planned Parenthood facilities that, in addition to abortion care services, they deliver essential health care services. So we need to support our rural Planned Parenthood networks. Um, I'm proud to have the endorsement of Planned Parenthood Greater New York, who just recently endorsed me. Um, and is my commitment to fight tooth and nail uh, to protect women's rights, reproductive rights in New York State, that we become a leader in this issue in uh, in the face of so much national uh, turmoil and, and darkness. Staying on healthcare, Sullivan County is second to last in health rankings. Uh, services in our local hospital, instead of expanding, are are being reduced. What can you do to help make sure that the county receives adequate health care going forward. And again, things that could help turn the tide on, on this uh, health rankings and sort of get us in a better place. Absolutely. Well, this, this is a critical issue, as, as you mentioned. Um, I was down in Liberty a couple weeks ago, and the topic was raised about hospitals downsizing and seeing that trend. But, you know, that's a trend in, in Sullivan County, but it's also occurring in other rural hospitals across the 51st districts across the state. Uh, across the country, quite frankly. Um, in a rural district like ours, we need to support th these these hospitals, um, be it through grant funding to the hospitals so we, we don't reduce services. Um, the people don't have to drive several hours away to, to go to a maternity ward. Um, it's a, about a two hour radius from my village to in, in Walton to go to a, a hospital that has uh, a maternity ward. So, I mean, it's it's a trend that's going in a negative direction that's putting people at risk. So I'm very much in tune to this subject. And, and I know, as, as you raised the health ranking in some of our counties, I mean, it's, it's unacceptably low. And what I think New York, the New York legislature can do to help lift us up, lift our communities up, lift our underserved, uninsured, is to support the New York Health Act. Um, I, I've been there, you know, I've been there without health insurance and, and what that what that means. You know, people are 
taking out a mortgage just to get basic healthcare services or have to drive hours away to go to an in-network provider to see a dentist, you know, just basic checkup stuff. Um, it's a healthcare desert and it's a safety issue. It's a health, um, it's effect negatively affecting our communities, um, people, uh, that live in poverty. Um, so it's my commitment to support the passage of the New York Health Act to expand comprehensive healthcare coverage regardless, regardless of age, income, or, or employment. We, we shouldn't have to make that decision between whether we're going to buy groceries or we're going to be able to uh, visit an ER and um, have to face astronomical bills in a health emergency. Um, but preventive care is is one of the biggest things that, that we need to be better about. And if we expand more coverage, people have more access to preventive care in their communities. You know that that's the best way that we can lift up our 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 people and our communities, and, and that's what I want to see all across the district. There's a lot of need. There's a lot of people hurting out there, and I firmly support passage of the New York Health Act. Uh, recently, farm workers were given a victory, being able to receive overtime pay starting at 40 hours instead of 60 hours uh, over the next 10 years. Many critics are citing that this can hurt the farms. They can make it more difficult for them to keep their doors open. What are your thoughts on this recent change? Well, so I'm, I'm from a agricultural community, Delaware County, very rural. Uh, we had a rich heritage in, in dairy farms, um, but now we're, we're moving towards uh, different types of farming. Um, we're actually seeing in, in the town of Walton, we're down to one dairy farm. So, and a, a lot of, there's a lot of things going against the farmers. It's hard to make ends meet with the cost of diesel, cost of uh, just basic operations. Um, but, but labor is a big part of it too. But I, I've, I continue to study this debate. I understand both sides of the argument. And we can't create an environment that makes farmers not able to, to run, uh, to, to pay for, for labor, um, because I think, uh, they're facing quite a climb as it is now. Uh, but we do need to support workers. And I don't think the interests of farmers and the interests of workers are mutually exclusive. And I'm committed to find a balance that we support our farms and uh, that we support our workers. Right. So you want to find a balance between, like I said, the needs for the farmers and the needs for the farm workers. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric, before voters go to the poll this November, you are running in a district that has been in past re recent years have been historically Republican. Uh, why should uh, voters uh, vote for you instead of your opponent? Well, I entered this race um, because I, I saw firmly that our rural area needs stronger representation in Albany uh, from someone who uh, just <laughs> regular, regular person, you know, I, as cliche as it sounds in, in these this sort of era of gimmicky politics, but uh, I'm just trying to run to, to lift up our communities because I, I see the neglect, I see decades of mismanagement from people not being able to compromise, reach across the aisle, um, that have put politics over people. Uh, my track record in village government is to represent all the people and work with my ideological opponents. We might 
disagree on certain things, but at the end of the day, we bring results to the people that deserve it. And we need that type of leadership in Albany. And I'm uh, committed to bring my, my record of, of building consensus in New York State Senate so we deliver on issues like healthcare, uh, like protecting our agricultural community, protecting our workers. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional politician. I'm, I'm working nine to five still <laughs> throughout all this. Um, so I just want people to know that, that I'm with you and I'm, I'm going to fight for you. Whether you, you vote for me or not, I'm, I'm in this to represent you and to lift our communities up. We were talking to Eric Ball, Democrat running for the newly drawn 51st state Senate seat. Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the local edition and letting us know your, your stances on these issues. So good luck on, in this November. All right. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back with the candidate for the New York Assembly 101, Matthew Mackey. We'll be right back, right after this. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Here's an invitation for you to join the party here at the Retro Cocktail Hour, where the swinging sounds of the Space Age Bachelor Pad come alive. Every week we serve up classic tiki tunes, private eye jazz, groovy bossa nova, and other incredibly strange music. I'm Daryl Brogdon. Join us for a hi-fi highball, the Retro Cocktail Hour. Wednesday night at 8. Every week on WJFF Radio Catskill. back with the local edition keeping you connected this election season radio casco and the local edition will keep you connected with the issues and the candidates before you head to the polls this november on the phone with us now is matthew Mackey, the democratic candidate for the 101st assembly district in ulster county matthew welcome to the program Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Matthew, you were born in Poughkeepsie, grew up in Hudson Valley, and you've been an advocate from a very early age, having two parents who are, are deaf. And you've uh, been an advocate as a, from a young age, helping to try to get services for your parents and for the deaf community. Can you tell us more about that experience and has that experience led you to pursuing a career in politics? So uh, that experience really made me grow up very quickly. Uh, I grew up in a time period where the Americans with Disabilities Act was just getting uh, started and resources weren't readily available to many public facilities. So as a, as a young child, I had to uh, do a lot of the activities that most people take for granted every single day, like translating on the uh, taking a phone call and translating for my parents or, you know, even as something as simple as going to a deli order and, and making a count uh, and making an order at the uh, deli counter. Um, so that experience really taught me that, you know, I have the ability to lift other people's voices up or or to even listen to individuals and make the connection with what they need. So uh, growing up as a, as a student in school, 
um, I had to fight for a lot of the resources my, that my parents would need to participate in school activities and functions. I was an active participant in our drama club and in our uh, music programs. So uh, to have an interpreter available so my parents could also participate like regular hearing parents. Um, and um, a lot of people take uh, for granted every single day the, the benefits and the opportunities we have for not having a disability. Um, so growing up, I started becoming a disabilities rights advocate and also an LGBTQ advocate. And I wanted to actually become a pediatric disability consultant. I was a family advisor for families who had special needs children for three years. And I don't think it necessarily, my experiences geared me towards a life in politics. I never really wanted to be a politician, but there was a moment in my, um, career as a family advisor that uh, I was fighting with an insurance company for six months for a child who had a traumatic brain injury due to an accidental gunshot wound to the brain. And while this child was learning how to walk and talk again, COVID began. And his medical provider team said that if this child were to get COVID, uh, they would most likely not survive. And so they recommended getting uh, at-home therapies. So that way, his progression on being able to relearn how to walk and talk would continue. And so for six months, we fought with the insurance company to try to get these resources available. And unfortunately, the insurance company kept denying. And during that time period, the child contracted COVID and then passed away. And I got extremely angry and frustrated at a system that allows for inequities like that to happen, where we have needless death um, for no reason. And um, at the time, I was also going to school full time to become a social worker. So I changed my focus from a, being a pediatric disabilities consultant to systemic policy and systemic change through policy advocacy. And so that is what I've been gearing my advocacy toward now. The New York Assembly 101 is a large district. What do you think are some of the major issues facing the 101 district? So some of the critical issues are definitely broadband expansion, as well as cell phone service expansion, which seems really tedious, but it's actually a public safety issue for the district. You know, uh, I drive the district all the time. Uh, for me to get to the top of the district is about four hours. And 60 to 70% of that time, there is no cell service. And we're on either very small local roads or even on main roads. There isn't a lot of car traffic um, during the off season. And so if anything happens to someone while they're on these roads, uh, God forbid, um, there is no cell service to be able to contract uh, contact emergency services. So that's a huge public safety issue. Um, other issues that we see in the district are definitely rural and physical health uh, expansion with uh, mental health. Um, in some portions of the district, it takes two hours to be able to drive to a doctor's office. And then on top of that, there's like a six to eight month wait for, for vital services. And with mental health, particularly 
six to eight months could be a matter of life and death to people who are in mental health crises. So there's a huge uh, opportunity that we have in the district to really invest in the rural mental and physical health uh, care facilities in our district. And also there's community revitalization projects that need to happen and, and economic development, starting with green jobs and making sure we're protecting our environment, not just for now, but for the generations to come who are going to inherit the uh, the district that we're going to give them. Uh, so it's really important that we have to balance that economic development with what's going to impact the environment. The uh, Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade. Once elected, what would you do to help protect the, the right to choose? First off, let me say that there were disastrous consequences that happened as of Roe v. Wade. And, you know, when I talk about Roe v. Wade, I bring the stories of individuals who are currently suffering under the oppressive nature of other states outside of New York. Thankfully, New York has codified Roe v. Wade into our state constitution. And so New York will always have the uh, protections of Roe v. Wade and access to safe abortions. You know, uh, this really impacts me uh, personally. I have several followers who live in uh, other states and the week after Roe v. Wade was overturned, um, one of the people who follows me um, killed themselves because they had scheduled to have an abortion within the first like three months within the first trimester and uh it was as a result of a rape and she did not have anywhere to turn to and so she killed herself and these are the real world implications of the disastrous ruling by the supreme court so as a representative and to make sure that we protect every woman and person with a uterus in this state to, to access an abortion and other uh, states, we need to be able to absolutely 100% enforce open safe access to abortion in New York state, but then also provide the resources and funds necessary to protect women and uh, people with uteruses who are coming from other states to get safe access to abortion in New York. As a, a leader, uh, that I can do in the state legislature, but we can also pressure our federal congressional representatives to make sure that they're also going to codify Roe v. Wade into a federal level so that states can't get away with what they're getting away with currently. If elected, this would be your first elected position held. Is that correct? Yes. So um, I this is my first time running for office. Uh, for the last three years, I've been working with the National Association of Social Workers on their advocacy and government relations team and their uh, policy team. To And I actually uh, work directly with New York state legislators and I advocate for policy change as well as language changes within policies. That way, uh, communities can be more equitably represented in those policies. If elected, you'd be the first non-binary official. Why is that important? It's important because representation matters uh, on every level. And a, a couple of months ago, there was actually um, a, a spot in Spectrum News uh, about the campaign. And I was randomly getting my Dunkin' Donuts coffee order one morning uh, in the drive-thru. 
And someone in the Dunkin' Donuts, one of the employees who was not taking care of me at the time, ran up to the window, stopped and said, I have never wanted to vote a day before in my entire life because I've never seen someone who is in my community who's running for office. And so just the mere fact that me as an in, uh, a non-binary individual or someone who identifies as part of the LGBTQ community is running in upstate New York is inspiring a lot of people who would otherwise not vote to go and vote because it gives them the hope that they can see themselves in those types of positions because it's only recently where we're seeing more and more LGBTQ inclusion within schools, uh, within governmental structures, in higher positions of power or authority. And uh, it gives hope to LGBTQ community that they have the ability to advance themselves and make a better life for themselves. The election is coming up November 8th. Why should voters come out and vote for you, Matthew? Why should they come vote for you over your opponent, Brian Meyer? I have a lot of experience advocating. I've been an advocate my entire life for various groups. And for the last um, over a decade, if not two decades, this district has really slipped through the cracks of Albany. And we haven't gotten the resources needed to make sure that our communities are safe um, and are thriving. And so um, this district doesn't need a politician. This district needs an advocate, someone who's going to bring the issues of community to Albany and get the resources back. And I have plenty of experience for fighting for individuals and for families. Um, my entire life has been based off of that. Uh, in 2011, I helped stop the deportation of a binational same-sex couple um, by petitioning the Obama administration. It was previous to when same-sex marriage was recognized. And so after the couple had been here for over 25 years legally and been married legally for eight through Massachusetts, uh, the government was going to deport them or deport one person in that couple. And I saw that and I got really angry and I turned that anger and frustration into something constructive and I created a petition and got 23,000 signatures in six days. And we stopped the deportation of this couple. And it's because I am not afraid to stand up to authority, even when the authority is within my own party, because what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. And at the end of the day, that's what our campaign is about, doing what's right for the district and the community. So we need a fighter in this district, and I'm a fighter. That's not going to back down. Matthew, before we go, um, is anything else I have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about you and your campaign? If you would like to see more about my, our platform for District 101, you can go to www.matthewforchange.com. That's matthewforchange.com. And uh, election day is November 8th. So everyone bring 10 friends to go vote because this election is going to be the most important of the latest elections that we've had in a very long time. We will talk to Matthew Mackey, candidate for Ulster County Assembly District 101. Thank you so much, Matthew, for joining us on the local edition and for this program. And good luck on election day. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great day. 
And that does it for the local edition. Thank you so much for joining me on this Tuesday night. In the beginning of the program, we were talking to the New York State Senator for the 51st District candidate, Eric Ball. And we were just talking to the New York Assembly 101 District candidate, Matthew Mackey. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be checking in with the River Reporter. And also checking in with Jim Huntington to see what's happening in the economic news. If you ever miss a show, we have a podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Google, Apple, Stitcher. Search for WJFF, the local edition. Subscribe, share it, and tell your friends. You can also find us on social media. We're at WJFF Radio Catskill. You can also visit our website, wjffradio.org slash the local edition. You can find upcoming guests, see past guests, and you can listen to the show. You've been listening to the local edition, the election special edition. I've been your host, Patricia Robayo. This is Radio Catskill, your NPR station, WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Support comes from the Narrowsburg Union and Catskills Curated, presenting products of regional artists, artisans, makers, and craftsmen. Gift wrapping and shipping available on site. NarrowsburgUnion.com. Tavern on Main, a neighborhood bar and restaurant on Main Street in Jeffersonville, New York, featuring local American fare, specialty cocktails, craft beers, and Sunday brunch. Menu and hours online at tavernonmainny.com. And from listeners like you who donate at WJFFradio.org. Hi, my name is Karen from Beach Lake, Pennsylvania, and I'm an avid listener. I like all of it. I do believe in supporting public radio. Radio Catskills Fall Favorites Fund Drive starts Friday. You can make an early donation now at WJFFradio.org and support your favorite public radio station. So get together with those folks from the community who do their part to keep Radio Catskill going. Make your donation now at WJFFradio.org. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. You're listening to Radio Catskill.